Greetings, Night Watchers. You should go to my new website, deathbyfear.com, where there are nearly 2,000 stories to read, or share your story with the world and rake in all those upvotes. I'm looking for some scary Uber stories, by the way. Better yet, share your encounter on the global map to show people exactly where it happened. Also, if you want to help and save this channel, consider becoming a member. For as little as $4.95 a month, you get access to all my episodes to listen to or download anytime, anywhere. Plus, you'll get to listen to my new Nightmare Corner series, where I narrate some of my favorite stories, but only for members. That's deathbyfear.com. You don't want to miss it. There's something big lurking in the woods, so we might have to trip Dave again. This world is a strange one. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, scary hairy tall dude, whatever you call him, this creature is out there. It is probably the most commonly sighted cryptid in the world. Almost every culture has its own version of the Bigfoot. So is everyone just hallucinating? Do they have bad eyesight? Or are people really seeing something strange? Well, tonight, we take a look at some allegedly true stories of up-close encounters with the scary hairy tall dude himself. Would you survive such an encounter? Number one, Bigfoot encounter while deer hunting. Submitted by Justin B. What I'm about to tell you is very true. I've never told anyone in my life until now. This happened back in 2003 at our family farm in Ohio. It was mid-October. My dad and I were on our way to the farm to deer hunt, as we always did every weekend. We arrived there around 5.45 in the morning. We sat in the truck talking and joking, teasing each other about who was going to see more deer or shoot the bigger buck, just the usual stuff we did. At about 5 till 6, we finally got out and got our gear together, and we headed towards the woods. As we entered the forest on the left side of the cow pasture, I noticed an odd eerie feeling, which was normal for me, I guess, as the woods always gave me that feeling since I was young. My dad walked me to my tree and made sure I got in it okay, and he situated me safely, telling me good luck as always, and before going off, he said he'd be back at noon. He then proceeded to his stand. A few minutes went by after he left, but I was simply left alone with this overwhelming feeling like something or someone was watching me. At the time, it was still dark, so I thought maybe I was just a bit creeped out by it. I began to look around the surrounding timber, trying to make out silhouettes, but I couldn't. Maybe I really was just alone, but I still could not shake the feeling of someone's eyes on me. It had never been this bad before. A few more minutes passed by, and I continued to scan the trees around me because slowly my eyes were adjusting to the dark. I looked to my left, then slowly towards my right, but again, there's nothing. So I tried to calm myself down, thinking to myself that it's nothing, that I'm completely fine, so quit being paranoid. But this day, it felt so off. We've been hunting out here for a long time. I shouldn't be feeling like this, I thought. All of a sudden, I hear crashing coming right towards me, directly from my left. The moment I hear it, my heart sinks in my chest. I look in that direction to see several deer 
running full speed past me. They blew through the woods and didn't stop once. I was kind of relieved that it was just deer. They were probably running from a coyote or they may have sensed my smell. And finally, the feeling begins to fade away. A few minutes after that, it's still a bit dark, but dawn is approaching. I then feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up and the eerie feeling comes back tenfold. What is going on? I hear heavy crunching of leaves. It sounds different than that of a deer and it happens to come from the direction the deer had run from. I keep my eyes focused in that direction, ready for someone or something to pop out. Then I see the silhouette of a man coming towards me. I think it's my dad. It's beginning to be daybreak, but it's still not completely bright out. So without a word, I wait for him to be about 20 yards away from me, and I quietly say, what are you doing, dad? Because he's early. It wasn't even close to noon but there was no response. The thing just continued to walk towards me, so I say it louder. Dad, what's up? But there's still no reply. Obviously, this wasn't my dad, so I yell out to them. Hey, you know you're trespassing, right? This person or thing did not say a word still, as it got to my tree that the deer stand was, and it was finally close enough that I could make out some details. That was not my dad. That wasn't even a person. Terrified at that moment, I looked in the direction of my dad's tree stand and I could see him with his flashlight climbing up the tree stand. I don't know why he was climbing into it just now, but that was definitely him. I recognized that flashlight anywhere. And if that's the case, what was this thing below me? I couldn't stop myself from looking down and I saw this thing standing directly underneath my tree it had stopped and it was looking up at me. Whatever it was, it was easily tall enough to reach up and grab my foot. And that's something because I'm about 14 feet up this tree. I was so scared that I began to cry and my heart was racing so fast, I thought it was going to explode. And that's when I screamed. I meant to yell for my dad, but no actual words came out, just a cry of fear then the massive thing below me grumbled something and walked off in the direction following the deer. I watched it disappear into the timber as the darkness was fading fast. Once it was gone, I was overwhelmed with this god-awful smell of body odor. It seemed to be mixed with the smell of death and old wet dog. As the morning went on, the woods became dead silent, and I don't mean it was quiet again, I mean, there were no animals resounding at all. No wind, no birds or squirrels or deer or anything. This had never happened here before. The silence was almost as terrifying as that creature itself because I'd never heard the woods that quiet. Once I calmed down enough to climb down the tree, I ran straight for my dad and I told him I needed to leave now. I wasn't about to stay in those woods any longer. Of course, he was irritated because we had just gotten there, really. So I told him that I just didn't feel well. And then we left. This happened a long time ago. I was only 15 at the time and I'm 29 now. I've never hunted our woods in the morning again and I won't be found there after dark to this day. Now I've never drank or smoke and I've never done drugs. This is a very true story and it's the scariest thing that has ever happened to me in my life.
Number two, Bigfoot Sighting, submitted by Douglas. My father and I are avid hunters, and we both know that there's something in the woods where we hunt. This happened when we took a trip to West Virginia to go black bear hunting. One day I was back at the camper, resting from an early morning bear hunt, and my father was out hunting by himself that afternoon, but I knew where he would be in case of emergency. Well, when my father came back, he had this story to tell me. He gets to his spot, and he stays there until the sun sets, and then he finally begins to head back. But the whole way back, he's hearing these loud and heavy footsteps around him. We're in the middle of the mountains. Way out here, it would have been weird to hear another person, but as my father continues to listen, he can tell that these footsteps don't sound anything like a person or bear. It's something on two legs, and it's something far heavier than a man. After stopping for a moment to listen, he then kept walking. Then suddenly he heard the most blood-curdling scream. The voice itself had such power and bass to it, and it came from directly behind him. The moment he heard it, all the hairs on his body stood on end, and he instantly thought, so this is how it ends. But he wasn't going to give up without a fight. Now just imagine that, a grown man, an experienced hunter, someone who's been in the woods all his life. The moment he hears this inhuman scream, he instantly thinks he's going to die. If it had been me, I probably would have fainted right then and there. So he kicks the ground, running back as fast as he can to the side-by-side -side ATV. Luckily, he made it, but the moment he got in about to turn it on, he heard something running up behind him, and right next to his head, he saw a massive rock being thrown and it barely missed him. He said the rock must have been half his size. My father then floored it back to camp where I was waiting for him. It was the first time I ever saw him really scared like that. He did not come out of the camper until it was time to leave, and we were lucky to leave with no further incidents. The both of us aren't sure if we'll ever go back. Number three my creepy encounter in the woods, submitted by Rachel. I've been wanting to share this experience for the longest time, but I didn't think anyone would believe me. But now that I've got the courage, here it is. I'm a 21-year-old woman from a small town in Mississippi. My story begins in the smaller town of Columbia, where my fiance is from. This began the first time I stayed the night at his house. He would always tell me how creepy the woods around his place was and how they would always scare him as a child. So one night, to try to scare ourselves, we go out at around 8.30 and we decided to go walk in the old trails that were starting to grow back up. Apparently, no one had been on those trails in a long time. We were walking this trail and we kept hearing strange noises we thought we were just being big babies, so we kept walking deeper into the woods. But somehow, the deeper we got, the quieter it got. And at one point, we saw these old cars and toys. They were just sitting there, tangled up in trees and vines. I found myself holding onto his arm, and he told me not to worry that that's normal around here. 
Let's just say that after that, I stayed really close to him. He had to use the bathroom at one point, so he walked across this little creek over a branch to do his business, and I stayed in the woods on the other side, watching him go across the water. Before going, he said he'd be back in a minute or two, so I just looked around, staying pretty close to the edge of the woods so I could see when he was coming back. I began to hear leaves crunching behind me, and I assumed that it was just my fiance's Alaskan Husky, the one he ingeniously named Husky. I breathed a sigh of relief, thinking that I had found some company while my fiance was gone, so I turned to call him to come over and give me some comfort of being alone in the woods. I've never been in these woods before after all. But when I turned around, it did not take me long to realize that it wasn't Husky. It wasn't a creature that small at all. It was this beast hunched over in the bushes, looking at me. Now, as some background on myself, I love listening and reading about stories of monster sightings and the paranormal, but I never once thought that I'd have an encounter of my own. This thing was huge compared to my height. I'm five foot six, and this thing would have easily towered over my six foot two fiance as well. The thing was skinny though and lanky. It had black and brown fur all over, and it had these huge eyes that were almost human looking, but its legs were long and bowed out to the sides, like it was horseback riding too long. It began to step closer to me. Slowly, I stepped back, and I slipped off the edge of the embankment behind me. And before I knew what was happening, I opened my eyes to see this creature right in front of me, holding my arm, pulling me back up onto the woods, just to stand me on my feet again. Even though I was saved from harm, I sat there looking at this thing, completely terrified. I didn't know what it was going to do next. For all I knew, it had just saved me so that I could be its next meal. Then I watched as it cocked its head to the side like a curious dog, and it stared at me. Then it turned and ran away when the real husky came running towards us barking. It was so heavy and powerful that each running step seemed to boom throughout the entire woods. Drenched in a cold sweat and heart clumsily beating, I leaned down to pet and thank Husky when I finally heard my fiance calling for me. I turned and ran over to him with Husky, trying to explain what I had just seen. He just joked at me and said that it was probably Bigfoot. Of course, I don't think his teasing to heart. I know what I saw, and to this day when I stay the weekends there, I think I might have seen it again, standing in the woods on the way to his house, and when I do see it, it simply cocks its head to the side for a moment, then just walks back into the woods. It's strange and a bit eerie, but I honestly don't believe that this thing is out to hurt anyone. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. 
When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 4. What Was That? Submitted by John. This happened in the middle of August. If I recall correctly, it was the night of the 16th of 2016. I had gone up to Washington with two of my best friends. Let's call them Jeff and Gary. It was Jeff's grandparents' lake house. We would be staying there for the week. On the first day, we went hiking during the day, but nothing crazy happened other than Jeff losing his phone to a waterfall, which was more funny than anything. When we got back to the house, we ate, watched some TV, and then went for a swim at the lake. Again, nothing weird happened. The night was closing in on us, though. We were beginning to get tired and wanted to go to bed, so we hiked some more to go sleep outside under the stars. Jeff and Gary didn't really want to, but they said that they would leave the back door unlocked in case I wanted to come back in. I thanked them, and I gathered up my things. This included my phone, a water bottle, two small pocket knives and my combat knife, plus the two necessities, a flashlight and a sleeping bag. I knew there was a hammock and a tent outside in case I wanted to use those. I decided to give sleeping in the hammock a try. So I unrolled my sleeping bag on the hammock itself and I opened it part way. I took off my shoes and crawled in. It was a very beautiful night. Out here you could see almost all the stars in the sky. There were crickets chirping you could hear fish jumping in and out of the water nearby. I fell asleep so fast, it was just that serene. The next morning, I woke up early, just after the sun had fully risen. I was thinking that Jeff and Gary should come out tonight instead of staying inside. It had been such a fun and pleasant experience for me. Clearly, they made the right choice in staying in that night and not following me. We had eggs and toast for breakfast and left to go hiking again around 10 in the morning. We didn't come back until about six o'clock that night. It was a long day for us. We had dinner, watched some more TV, met Jeff's grandparents, and we went swimming for two hours. So by this time, it was about 11. And like I thought I would, I asked Jeff and Gary if they wanted to sleep out in the tent tonight. They both turned me down again, saying they would rather sleep inside. Feeling a bit bummed out, I said, okay, but that didn't stop me from getting my things and going out again. I really thought they were missing out. Before I went out, Jeff's grandparents asked me where I was going. I told them, I'm going to sleep in the hammock. Jeff's grandma told me to be careful and that they would be up on the second floor if they needed me. Then Jeff's grandpa simply said to have fun. With that, I headed outside again. I had everything from the first night I was out. I got set up and was pulling the zipper to close the sleeping bag, as it was chillier tonight than the previous night, even though I was wearing a light jacket and pants still. A little bit past halfway, the zipper got stuck, and I tried to get loose, but it wouldn't budge. 
I ended up giving up after about five minutes of messing with it, and it was just getting worse. So I decided I would just deal with it when I woke up in the morning. So I didn't worry about it any further. I'm going to try to give you a visual so everything isn't random here. This is going to be from my perspective. The hammock is set up in between two trees from which it's hanging off of. Right behind my head is a trampoline about 11 feet away. To the right of me about five feet away was the tent and to the left of that was the dock, including the boat and the lake and they were only about 25 feet away. The stairs up to the house deck was in between the tent and the trampoline and altogether about 26 feet away. So I was in the middle, but more off to the side. At the bottom of the stairs leading up to the house was a tub of water to clean your dirty feet because Jeff's grandpa did not like the deck getting muddy. It's probably not the best visual, but you've got some idea. It was getting colder by the second, so I pulled the loose end of my sleeping bag over my head. It was about 11.30 p.m. by then. I was on my phone messing around and texting people. At around 12, I finally put my phone away and was trying to go to sleep, but I was having trouble this time. About 20 minutes later, I hear this crunch, and by then I was wide awake. The crunching sound had startled me a bit, but I still wasn't worrying too much. It sounded like it was near the entrance to the back, near the back door. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It was getting louder and closer. I thought maybe it was a raccoon, but it sounded bigger than that. A coyote or maybe a deer. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It was still getting closer. What was it? I stopped thinking and instead listened more carefully. I was beginning to feel on edge because the closer it got, the bigger it sounded. Crunch, crunch. Whatever this was was not a quadruped. It was walking on two legs. I relaxed slightly, but I was still tense because I thought it might be Jeff or Gary trying to scare me. I was in the perfect position for that after all. Still and quiet, I continued to listen, and the steps sounded heavier by the second, like someone was wearing steel-toed boots. Maybe it wasn't Jeff or Gary, maybe it was some drunk guy that stumbled upon the property, but it didn't sound like stumbling. The steps were heavy and deliberate. I began to feel like I was in some cliche horror film. I realized I probably shouldn't move at all, and I tried my best to keep the hammock from rocking at all, which is more difficult than you think. At this point, I was expecting the worst. Maybe it was a killer, out for blood. I kept thinking to myself that I did not want to die in a freaking sleeping bag. Crunch, crunch. It's getting closer and I started thinking of ways to deal with it. And again, my best bet seemed to be to just pretend I was sleeping or kept still. Then the crunching stopped. This was terrifying. I had no idea where it was, what it was doing. It was at this point that I realized that I would rather hear it than hear nothing. Then I hear something that put me on edge more than a human could. Whatever this thing is, it's drinking from the dirty water from the tub by the porch. What the heck, I thought. It sounded like a dog was drinking the water. I was stumped about what I was hearing. Then the drinking stopped. I froze and began to internally panic. I struggled for around five seconds before I calmed down and started planning again. I had come up with over a dozen different plans but my thoughts were interrupted when I heard it get on the trampoline. Maybe it was a bear, I finally thought. 
From the way the trampoline was groaning in protest, I could only imagine how big it was. It sounded like the trampoline would break at any second. It messed around on it for about five minutes or so before finally getting off. I then again thought back to it being human, but I quickly threw that idea away. It just didn't fit the description or sound of it. It was way too dark to even see without a flashlight. That's why I had brought one. I then heard the creature walking right past me, right in between the tent and me. I remember feeling more creeped out than I'd ever been. I heard it go around the tent and come back to where my head would be resting. It was walking around the tent, scraping it with its hand. The sound startled me. You could tell that this thing had claws or nails. After that, I heard it walk under the deck. It didn't sound like it was crawling at all. I could actually barely hear it. I was thinking what it could be. Bigfoot, the dogman, goatman or something. I could feel eyes on me now. It was way too quiet outside. I still didn't move or make a peep, even though it was right next to me now. I didn't want to panic and do something stupid, so I kept as calm as I possibly could be. 10 minutes passed by and it had not moved. It was still next to me. I was thinking to myself that I couldn't keep this up for long and if this thing touched my sleeping bag, I would go insane. It was then that I realized how screwed I must have been. My sleeping bag zipper was stuck. The hammock was hard enough to get out of already and where it was, it was in between me and safety in the house. I felt like I was going to die if it came down to a fight, but I decided that I was not going down without one. 20 minutes go by and the thing still has not moved. I was getting impatient and I really wanted to move. The suspense was killing me. Finally, the thing started to move again, this time away from me. I waited for a good seven to 10 minutes before moving and I ran as fast as I could to get out. I put on my shoes, grabbed what I needed before darting inside the house. I slid open the door and I rushed inside, closing it behind me and I made sure to lock it. Sitting on the couch, I just stared off into space before pulling out my phone from my pocket, remembering that it needed charged. In a situation like this, it could really come in handy at any moment. I wish that that was the end of it, that I just went to sleep and woke up and forgot about it, but I never saw what it was and I had this feeling inside of me that I had to be sure. So being the curious idiot that I was, now that I wasn't in a totally screwed situation, I grabbed my flashlight and my combat knife. I opened the back door just enough to peek around it. My left leg is outside of the door when I suddenly hear movement coming from my right and it doesn't sound right. I don't know how to explain it. I jumped right back inside the house, shutting the door behind me again. Going back to the couch, I stay as still in the darkness as possible. I hear sounds coming from outside from all around and I can feel those eyes on me again, the very same eyes. I really didn't want to move, but the windows on the first floor might be open and what about the doors? So I force myself up to check the windows and doors to make sure they're locked. I still feel those eyes on me as I walk around and the sounds won't stop. A bit later though, everything just goes silent. I wanted to finally just go to bed, but unfortunately, the sleeping bag is still outside and Jeff's grandparents don't want it to get ruined. I go into Jeff's room to get my belt, being as quiet as I can. 
I put on the belt and I hooked my combat knife to it. Then I go to the back door. I gathered my courage and I walked down slowly to the hammock, grabbing the sleeping bag and throwing it into the tent. I made my way back up to the house and I decided to take a quick look around the place just in case. I was looking around the deck area when I heard the crunching again. In the distance, just to my left, I turned to see a massive silhouette going into the woods. I'd been listening to that same crunching for so long that I recognized it, and from the look of this thing, it definitely was no person and had to have been about seven or eight feet tall and built. And then my flashlight died. Filled with fear and dread, I noped it back inside. I rushed inside the door, locking it. I crashed on the couch, pulling blankets over my head, and I finally fell asleep. It must have been around four in the morning by then. The next night, I slept outside again, but this time I set up a GoPro to catch whatever it was on tape, and I slept inside the tent, but I didn't hear or see anything other than the dog that likes to come over for a visit. The only thing uncomfortable that night was the inflatable mattress. To this day, I still don't know what that was, and I feel lucky that whatever it was, it was just curious. And number five, Signs of Sasquatch in Maine. Submitted by Morgan. This isn't a long story, but it's one that happened to my father when he was in his 20s. He told this story to my sister and I when we were kids, and ever since we've enjoyed listening to creepy encounter stories and the like, especially those concerning Bigfoot. To give a setting, this story took place in central Maine on a back dirt road on the outskirts of a small town, my hometown. It was in the middle of winter during a light snowstorm. If any of you are from Maine, you'll understand that the snow does not stop people from going out and living their lives. We're all very experienced and prepared driving through bad snowy weather. My dad and a few friends of his were at another friend's house very late. Now, at the time, this old dirt road didn't have many houses on it, and it certainly didn't have streetlights or anything like that. But today, there are more houses, but even today, you can drive miles before seeing another person or house, so it's pretty secluded. There are lots of thick forests all throughout Maine, and my hometown was no exception. My dad and two of his friends finally left their friend's house around two in the morning. Snow was freshly falling on the road, and being so late in a secluded place, the snow was undisturbed by cars and people. As they drove, my dad saw a dark silhouette in the distance that faded away quickly. He noted, though, that it was a very large figure, even for an animal. He then noticed odd tracks in the road. They got out and took a good look at them. They looked similar to human tracks, but they were barefoot and very, very large at least three times the size of a large man's footprint. And even still, they were barefoot. So either the largest man on the planet was outside in Maine with no protection on, or this was some creature. The tracks came from one side of the road, followed the road for a little ways, then continued up and over a snowbank and into the woods on the opposite side of which they had emerged. They were sure that no one in their right mind would be out here in a snowstorm barefoot at two in the morning. All three of the men swear this to be true, including my dad. 
Nothing else happened, but it was a very bizarre occurrence that makes him believe that not only does Bigfoot likely exist, that he's also very close to home. New species are evolving every day. A few of them are even discovered just as frequently. So odds are there will always be new, undiscovered animals out there, but most of them are tiny things like bacteria, insects, that most people couldn't care about or notice. But every once in a while, you get a bizarre change in a big creature, something so different from the original that it becomes scarily mysterious when people see it. It makes you wonder what the next Bigfoot might be, and better yet, what it might be hungry for. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to go to deathbyfear.com to submit your story or to enjoy weeks of creepy entertainment. Thank you.